it is said, do to others what you would have them do to you. But in today's gospel, Jesus says, do to others what God has done to you. Do to others what God has done to you. So what has God done to you? Another way of asking the question of what has God done to you is, what is your story? What is your story? And so I'd like to share a little bit of my story this morning. When I was in high school, I played football back in Georgia where I'm from. And in Georgia, high school football is way, way bigger than college football. And so when I got to high school, I had these great dreams of playing varsity football as a senior. Now, if you can see my stature. I don't look like the most athletic person in the world. But when I got to high school, my coach gave us a motto for our team. And the motto was, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. And that was music to my ears. Because I can work hard, even if I'm not the most athletic, but I have a very, very strong work ethic. And so that's what I did. Every time the coach asked us to do something, I was the first one in line to do it. Every time there was an optional practice, I went to the optional practice to show how committed I was to this team. So when I went through sophomore year, junior year, you know, playing JV, just watching the varsity games from the sidelines, it was, okay, once I become a senior, then I'll be a starter. And so we get to the first game of my senior year, and I'm still on the bench. So you can imagine how devastating that was for me at the time. So much so that after that first game, I had a tirade where I just said words you shouldn't say, had thoughts about my coach that no one should think, because in my eyes, he had lied to me. He had given us this motto that those who work hard will be rewarded. And here I was, the hardest working person on the team without a reward. So I had two options. I could either stew on that anger, hold a grudge against my coach for lying to me, or I could move on with my life. I chose option number one. <laughs> I stewed on that anger. I stewed on that grudge throughout the rest of that season of my senior year. Now, a side note is, due to some injuries on the team, I did actually get to play quite a bit. So God sometimes has more of a sense of humor than we do. But I never was able to let go of that frustration when I was in high school. I go to college. I went to Georgia Tech back in Atlanta and I was studying engineering. And in my first year at Georgia Tech, I was kind of just going through the motions with my faith. I would go to mass on Sunday and that was about it. 
being Catholic just determined what church I went to on campus on Sunday, but it didn't have any impact on the rest of my life. And this experience that I had in high school with this coach is what kind of painted all of the ways that I viewed authority in my life. When I got to college, I was always a little bit of suspicion towards my professors because of this experience I had had with this football coach in high school. And so when I was going through my first year at Georgia Tech, I was a good student. I was just doing everything that the school had asked of me, but still with a little bit of suspicion that maybe they don't have my best interest in mind. Then I went on this retreat and I had an experience in prayer with the Lord that was a little bit unique. And he pointed out to me that I had been living all by myself. When I did this hard work ethic thing, I just did it by myself. I wasn't including my teammates when I was on the football team. I wasn't including my classmates when I was studying at Georgia Tech. I was trying to do it by myself. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you need others. You need community. Your relationship with me can only go so far if it's just you and me. That's why I gave you the church. And that was very mind-blowing to me at the time. And so I started to get involved in a Bible study at the Catholic Center in, on, in, in college. And that really started my journey of faith. That started my journey of making my faith personal making my relationship with Jesus not something I just inherited from my parents, but something that I treasured. And so as one does when, when we come back to our faith, we usually go to confession, and it's usually the first real confession we've had in a long time. And similarly for me, when I came back to my faith and made it my own, I went to confession with the, the priest at the Catholic Center and I, for the first time in a very long time, actually felt contrition, felt sorrow for my sins. Because now that this personal relationship with Jesus is not just something in my head with ideas, but I've actually started to grow and love him as a person, I'm recognizing that what I have done is actually hurting my relationship with him. And that's where that sorrow welled up in my heart that I needed to plead for forgiveness. And once the priest said those words of absolution, peace like nothing else flooded into my soul. So much so that thoughts of my coach from high school came back. And I realized I had never forgiven him. Still two years after having graduated from high school, I was still resentful at my coach for lying to me. And I never got a chance to go back to him in person and say, I forgive you. But I was able to let go of that resentment, let go of that grudge because of the love I had received from the Lord. 
because I recognized that I had done way worse things to my relationship with the Lord than my coach had done to me. And so after this moment of really making my faith my own, being in a, in a discipleship group, in a prayer group, in a Bible study, I started to get more involved at the Catholic Center and got a lot of friends at the Catholic Center in college. Because one little piece of information about my experience growing up is my parents were divorced when I was very, very young. So I went back and forth to two different houses. And so I was at church all the time, but I was at two different church communities growing up. So that I was at each of those churches half the amount of time as all the other kids my age. So I had never had friends that I could talk to about Jesus when I was growing up. I had friends from school and friends from sports, but I had a hard time connecting with people my age about the faith. But then this experience at the Catholic Center in this discipleship group, in this prayer group, and this Bible study group gave me those friends, that community that I had been lacking, that the Lord had said, you need this. And it was in the context of that community, the context of that support of friendship and love, that I first started to think about the priesthood. I first started to think about what is it that God wants me to do. I had grown up Catholic, but I had never really even considered, like, Father John could be me. I never had thought about that until college. And as I'm learning about the faith more, I'm still studying engineering, and I've got these jumbled thoughts about, well, I'm really good at engineering. I'm doing very well in my classes. But there's this, this what if question as well that just won't go away. And so in a similar way to the first experience happening on a, on a retreat, this second confusion, the second question came to resolution on another retreat. And it was in a time of adoration before the Blessed Sacrament, before our Lord of the Eucharist, where I had a very, very vivid encounter with the Lord in prayer, where he revealed his love again in a very personal, very powerful way to where he said to me, Jared, I love you more than you can even fathom, more than you even can understand that I'm going to take care of you no matter what. I will take care of you no matter what. And when he said that, it melted all of those hesitancies that I had had in my heart that I was like, uh, maybe seminary, maybe engineering, I don't know, I'm really just not getting any clarity. But when the Lord came to me, when the Lord spoke to me in adoration, he gave me this peace. Because our vocation stories, whether they end in the priesthood, whether they end in married life, whether they end in some other form of giving ourselves to God, they are always meant to save us from selfishness, from loneliness, from restlessness. When God calls us to do something, he's calling us to be ourselves. Because we're not meant to live 
selfishly. We're not meant to live for ourselves. We're not meant to live by ourselves. We're meant to live with others. And the life of faith is not one of confusion and restlessness, but one of peace and purpose. And so for all of you here who maybe are already in your vocations, or even the young ones who have many years to come in learning and discovering your vocations, I want to say this to you. Your vocation is meant to be a gift of yourself to others because that's what our Lord did to us. He gave himself to us. Amen.